This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. That's what I'm talking about. Knife talk, you fuckers. This is a podcast for, you know, all of you. <laughs> knife makers, knife enthusiasts, DIYers, makers, blacksmiths, bladesmiths. It don't matter. This is knife talk. We come at you once a week, at least once a eh, once a week. Once a week's once enough. A week. Once a week's <laughs> fucking <laughs> enough. It's enough. Once a week is enough. I'm Jeff Fader from Fader Knives here with Mareko Mamasi, Mamasi Fire Arts, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. Fucking guys, what's going on? How's everybody? Tired. Very tired. My little shit of a son decided <laughs> he doesn't want to sleep anymore. And we've shit. had three we've had three days of basically non-sleep. Um and my wife and I we're just we're hanging off the edge of the cliff at the moment. We are we are done. We're just like, oh, he yeah, used to be I my mean, lovely buddy, the beautiful buddy. I love buddy, my buddy. Uh, now that little the thing shit. is, he is still just so happy. Yeah, he's happy, and but he's just, he's just not sleeping, and you can't mm-hmm. leave him alone for a second because he's he's everywhere at the moment, you know. And uh, oh my god, I am absolutely knackered, well, absolutely to the point where we, we've had builders in again, and um, I basically nearly told them all to fuck off and leave today because <laughs> I was just so short, <laughs> short tempered. I'm walking around the house like. Jogging pants and a big baggy white. I'm like Eminem in the nineties, oh, nice. you know, an old version of big baggy white t-shirt. But I've got I've got like vomit all over me, and I'm just like bags <laughs> under my eyes. Oh, it's, it's not good. It's not a good luck to be shouted at builders. <laughs> Fucking great. I, 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 there would be nothing worse than your French builder. You go home. <laughs> You see, your wife says to you, "Why are you home so early?" I got fired today. Why? Because my fucking boss's kid kept him up all night. It's terrible. <laughs> Honestly, it's been three days. I don't know how he's doing it. It's, it's, yeah. He must have some wow. stash of speed, speed somewhere. I'm sure he's on something. It's got to be. It's, yeah. It's, Interesting. It's, no naps or anything. No. I was just telling Jeff before we went on air. The last 24 hours, I think he's had about four hours sleep. Oh, in the last twenty, like last night, he did forty minutes through the night. That's wow. all, just forty minutes. Forty is minutes. Cutting, is he cutting teeth? Uh, I don't think so. He, he's he's got like a full mouth of <laughs> full mouth of teeth. <laughs> That's okay. a phrase, I think, isn't it? Um, so I don't think he's cutting teeth, but um, he does. He doesn't seem to be in pain. He's just wide awake. It's just <laughs> oh, it's a nightmare. It's wow. an absolute nightmare. Yeah, we do. When we had the twins, having the two of them was a breeze an absolute breeze they slept this one is it's just fucking trouble <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's oh, that's my. been my my last few days um Mareko, how about yourself i am just sliding in here and uh yeah i man sharpening was a pain uh so I, this week is my sharpening week and mm. i was trying to spread it out because it ha- i have a tendency for my back to get pretty messed up and uh, I got behind and (laughs) and so this morning just before coming in here I was uh, finishing those up because I have to drop them off today Uh, and and basically have to drop them off basically right after we finish recording so wait a second so you're sharpening for a sharpening service yes so it's my sharpening service I offer Mm. Um, and yeah so 
and it's just like through a local kitchen store people and the way i have it set up is people drop off knives there i pick them up sharpen them bring them back drop them off uh, and then they pick them up and so uh yeah but i just got behind and now my back's fucking killing me i also went razor clamming the other day with the kid and, and my mom and her husband are in town so we all went out to the beach it was a beautiful day so that was great except for his, you know, the digging is just hard on the body too so that added to it so I just I apologize, you guys. Don't apologize. Uh, Listen, behind, you had a, you had a so rough, we're, you had, we're both broken, Jeff. What about yourself? You're, you had a rough time with the old clam gun. I understand. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fucking. Did you get any clams to the clam gun? Yeah, we banged out twenty clams. Hey, girl, watch out! <laughs> <laughs> fucking wow! No one day at Your parents were there. Wow. It's crazy. Oh, geez, <laughs> I mean, clam banger. <laughs> this is going to be a bad one, guys. We're going to fuck oh, around. Good, yeah. <sighs> so, you how many clams do you think you bang? <laughs> you fucking <laughs> fucking got <laughs> twenty. Wow. Uh, so, so it's fifteen. It's a fifteen limit, and kids uh, kids even count. Uh, so. Um, and, and if they're under 15, then you can help them with the digging. Uh, and the last time I went clam digging, I was like, this is going to be awesome. We're going to both limit out. We have tons of clams. And I didn't take into account just how much work that is to clean all of those clams. And you guys saw, like awesome. I, I was just talking about, I shared pictures with you. Jeez, I have nightmares about that picture. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that fucking picture on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so this time I got my limit. And then we just kind of took it easy with the kid. Every once in a while, he's like, I want to try another one. And I was like, all right, cool. So he got five. I got uh, 15. Uh, my 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 mother's husband got 15 clams too. It was a fucking gorgeous day. It was like mid mid low 50s, blue skies, sun was setting just over the hori- or just above the horizon as we were leaving the beach. It was it was beautiful. So, um, but yeah. How many knives? How many knives did you have to sharpen this week? Oh my god! Like uh, I sharpened it. My my first Ginsu's today sweet or yes, yes, oh wait yeah yesterday uh <laughs> that's awesome how is it <laughs> they're shitty they're all fucking serrated <laughs> oh jesus christ they're a fucking nightmare that'd be a great uh, picture with you holding up that ginsu oh yeah oh, love my ginsu uh fuck uh there's probably a hundred knives are you kidding oh, wow fucking a hundred wow. knives yeah yeah probably. how long do you have to do it all what do you mean? Oh, uh, so I pick up the knives on Sunday, sometimes Monday, and then I drop them off on Thursday. So how long did it take for them to have 100 knives squared away? So they start uh, taking knives like a couple weeks before I actually come and pick them up. And oh, so my people, God. Yeah. So it's like we showing up with a barrel full of knives. It's just like, are you just miserable or <laughs> are you fucking uh, miserable? No, no, no. I, I mean, I got to put on a good face because I offer like a, a little uh, knife care Q&A kind of whatever session um, because the, the store closes at four. I get there at three. And so whoever has any questions or wants to understand knife care better, they I chat with them. Uh, I had a, a, I set a record last week or last month with four people uh, nice. who attended nice. everything. Up to that point, it's only been one. 
uh i think the first one there was nobody perfect was great yeah so it's it but it's easy it's just like me trying again it's trying to be like part of the community and, and it's my good. local community here and helping people out and and help people better understand knives and uh i think i'm going to be setting up something with the local uh what is it the culinary uh not institute but just like culinary program at the local community college that's a great uh, idea yeah just go talk knife care and maybe get some knife sharpening customers so nice yeah wow. how about you jeff how you been this last week well, you're, you're sour so, right now you're so nice and you you offer these things and i want to offer i don't want to offer anything i i'm 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 I, the two things i have to do i'm doing them under protest and i'm fucking okay. not happy about it the first one is going to be just just me being shitty and the second one will be shitty into knife making so just i got a message and i'm going to be vague and god bless whoever this person is but i swear to god if you if you know if you try don't don't ask for things from me and when i say don't <laughs> ask for things i don't want to be a, a part of your collaboration and i don't want to be and i don't want to help your I don't want to help you. I mean, I don't want to help you with things. I don't want to give you physical things to help you or someone else. I, and but don't. How do I say this? I get sometimes you into it. I get maybe. I get fucking. They hock me in China sometimes, and then they give me the the guilt trip to help you know name your whatever, and then it just gets. It's just. It's so hard to say no, and I just want to say no, and I'm probably not going to say no. So if I am ever giving something for some sort of help or some sort of charity, know that I'm not. I'm doing it under duress, honestly. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm yeah. not doing it's it. It's not out of the kindness of your it heart. It is not no. out of the kindness of my heart. I resent it thoroughly. So, like, and if you know me and you ask me to help some, somehow, I fucking do enough. I resent you for asking me. That's what. I, that's that's number one. I'll do it. I'll do it. But I ain't gonna like it. So I got this goddamn. I'm gonna end up having to do this goddamn thing that I don't want to do. I told Craig about it. I don't want to do it, but I'm gonna do it. But I resent. I'm gonna resent it the whole fucking time. So do yourself a favor. Don't fucking get in my DMs and hit me up for shit. I've done enough. I've done enough. I've done enough. <laughs> that's number one. I've done enough. Goddamn you. The next, Aren't you just sitting around doing nothing though, waiting for people to, I to ask you do to help them? Enough. I'm going to tell you. I've. T I was involved with this goddamn, and this is not it, but this is. A, uh, this, I've been God. This goddamn hearing loss center that I've. I am been. I'm saluting. I've been donating with them every year, and they asked me to come to this auction, and they don't listen to the show. <laughs> 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 you motherfucker! That's perfect. No, they don't. They're oh, fucking good. right. They're not listening to this one. Goddamn them! So, so you fucking got me. That was fucking perfect. They're not listening to this one. No, they're not. No, they're not. So, uh, fucking got me good. That would rattle my fucking case right there. So, what? The, I would donate a knife for this auction. And it was a friend of mine and his brother-in-law, they would, every single time, they would win the bids. And the bids would be, I was just like, what the fuck are these guys? Every other year, it's one of them or the other one. And then I realized that they were just winning because they could get one of my knives and just write the whole fucking thing off. by putting it with this guy. You know, it was almost like I was waiting for at one point. One guy was just like, hey, maybe this year could put in like a, you know, like an eight inch K tip. But maybe just do it like with this color, this color. I mean, it was like they were placing an order. And then oh, I was putting oh it in the goddamn auction. Yeah. And they were winning it. They were getting the goddamn knife. And they were getting a goddamn tax right off of the whole thing, too. And I'm like, I fucking have had it with you goddamn people. 
you know so i mean that's a true story too and, and this guy is going to be when he's expecting you know from finishing his set off he's going for he's going to realize hey yeah, fader ain't coming no more you, i don't give a shit anymore and i've had it with you and you can fucking i'll write it down if you really need to know i'll write it down i don't have to say it anymore that was a not as good a joke. You should Craig's, do one of your oversized sculpture of the knife, like you have hanging outside of your garage. I don't want to do another goddamn thing for these people, <laughs> frankly. And if that's just the way, I'm, I'll do it. I'll do it. Right, let's get on to the next story. So this is the knife part. This is not the. I'm sour about this too. So I did a. Uh, we had a, a customer who ordered a, a set of knives plus a nine piece set plus a set of steak knives. And he was like, he was, pumped. we were pumped to do it. It was a great job to put through. And, and uh, he said, is there anything you can else can you throw in? And for some reason, I, I, Allison was just like, well, what should we do? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really, what does he mean? He's like, well, he wants to display him or something like that. And I was like, well, I, could, I guess I could make like a knife block, but I mean, it's going to look very good. And then there's too many knives anyway. And he's, I said, I said, you know, we've been talking about, you and I, all three of us have been talking about those magnet boards. So mm. I thought, I, I said to him, well, you know what I could do is I could get one of the barrel staves and then I could make a, a knife uh, magnet holder on it. See if he likes that. And he's like, well, he doesn't know if it's going to fit in his room. I'm like, what? He doesn't know if it's going to fit in his kitchen. Well, what the fuck does he want? I mean, I can't come to his sh house and measure. You know, it's like, I, so I made, I knocked something up and we sent some measurements. He said, that'll be perfect. So I had to figure out how to do the magnet board. We talked about it a few episodes ago. Mm -hmm. So Craig said, so "Using your mill, I assume now." Well, that's the move. So I have this little mini mill, and what I did was I found these rare earth magnets that are two inches by half an inch, and you can get a pack pack of them. So I ordered those, and then I ended up getting a half inch uh, router bit for a uh, router. Shit, two inches by half an inch. Two inch by half an inch, but it's only like an eighth of an inch thick. So okay. they're like a, it's like a, like a little rectangle. You know? Hmm. Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. So you get a stack of them. And um, so then what I did was I used the, the router bit and I put it in my milling machine. I drew a line out and then I made little, uh, uh, little kind of like holes the size of the two inches by uh, half an inch. And then because if you just do a run a whole line and then you lay out, out all the magnets, they're going to fucking jump all over each other and you're never going to like sit. They're going to like bond with each other. They're going to pop, yeah. you know. So I just made these pockets, and I used the milling machine. I was so pumped, and I made it real thin. I made it, I made, I routed down from behind all the way to maybe like a sixteenth of an inch, and it worked great. And I put them in, and I put the epoxy on top, and I hung it on the wall, and I tried them with weight and stuff like that, and they worked great. We finished the knives, and then this morning, I I, I mounted the 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 uh, magnet board on the wall because I wanted to test it. You don't want to fucking not test it. You don't want to send that motherfucker out, and it turns into a guillotine in their house. <laughs> and I, so I put them all up, and they were holding. And then I just decided, well, what happens if this couple starts yelling at each other and slamming doors? So I just started taking my fist and just kind of like hitting the wall around the thing to see what would happen. You know, maybe it's by like a, a cupboard, and there's someone slamming a cupboard, and you, and I started. Can to, I get? Can I guess what happened? Please. Did they spin? No, they didn't spin around. They didn't spin. They no. started sliding down, oh, but okay. not the okay. ones that you would think. So I have I have a couple knives in there with a two inch heel with lots of surface area to kind of get up on under the magnets. It was the thinner knives, the fillet knife, and the narrower. You mean you from know, like spine to edge? 
Right, from spine yeah. to edge, there were more. There's less surface area. Less surface yeah. area. And then I was noticing when I was hitting underneath them, they would s- start to slide a little bit. Yeah, they can spin too. So you need, yeah, as you probably now know, you need two lines of magnet trees so to stop that. So I yeah. realized I'm going to have to put another line of magnets in. So I, I ordered mm. more magnets. I'm going to route out new holes on behind. I, luckily, I have enough room. And I'm going to do two lines of magnets because that one line was making them, it was almost like a pivot point. And if the mm-hmm. knife wasn't, especially if the knife wasn't f- flat, like if the knife, like some of my knives had, like the butcher knife has a little, has some, it, it has some different angles. It's not a full flat grind. So it would, it would, you know, if you hit around it, if you slammed into a couple of cabinets, it would start to just kind of slip, slip, slip. And, you know, obviously that you can't have that. So that was my, I was cursing that guy too today so yeah but the magnet board thing if you have a scene if you had a cnc a, a wood cnc thing and you could knock out all those holes man i love i love them it's great mm. they're not cheap those magnets though are they when i, when I bought some in the past to make well, knife holders they yeah what did, I, I paid pretty expensive. i got a pack of like 20 of those like two inch by whatever whatever they are yeah and it was 20 bucks so oh, it wasn't terrible. Oh, wow. But the thing is, is yeah. one magnet ain't enough. Like you need to yeah. daisy chain them up. That's the cool thing about those, those rare earth magnets. You come throw, you put three together and it, it triples the strength of the magnet. Like I was starting mm-hmm. to kind of add more and see how many I could add. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you'd get a different, uh, and I was talking to <laughs> our buddy, uh, Justin Stinson, he did it too. And you try all these different things and you get a little nervous. Cause you're just like, what if I send this to this guy? And then. What if he fucking throws a glass at his wife or something where something falls and, and all of a sudden somebody gets their hand chopped off from this goddamn thing that I don't even want to do? You know? Yeah. Sure. So. Mm. Yeah. Well, this is a happy episode already. I told it? you, we're fucking sour. <laughs> we're fucking sour. Jeez. I, when I was at Dragon's Breath, we were playing with making um, those magnet bars. And we learned that the rare earth magnets can actually come in various strengths as well, like how much pound, like weight they can support, huh. I guess, or, or I guess not, I guess the force that's required to pull them apart. And um, the ones we settled on was like it was fourteen pound magnets, um, and you only had to stack up a couple of them. And holy shit, they were strong. But yeah, you still mm-hmm. had to. You had to recess the hole down to within about a sixteenth or an eighth of an inch from the sur- the outside facing surface of the wood. Yeah, um, the move is to is to let me let me see if, let me see what what I ended up getting. Uh, the you gotta you have to really uh, you gotta there's a few things you have to see the strength of the magnet and then how much room you have because like mm, it makes mm-hmm. such everything makes a huge difference right yeah. you know that's the crazy part and then i started to re- i started to realize i made this wood and then i put this wax on it uh 20 pack strong neo it doesn't say how strong they are uh, okay, fucking okay. I cut myself really badly making one of those actually because oh, sure. um i didn't want screw holes in the wood so i basically made like a metal plate which you'd screw to the wall and then the back of the magnets would sort of clip it on, if you know what right. I mean, onto that, onto that thing. Oh, I've seen but that. They're, but yeah. they're so strong. So, so you know, I'm, put, I'm putting it on. You're trying to put it on slowly, but obviously the magnets will just pull yeah. and catch. Catch a bit of skin in there and whoosh. Yeah, pretty bad cut that was. One, one thing that I also noticed was because I used, uh, I kind of like, I finished the board. I hit it with some fire and then I kind of cleaned it back and then I hit it with some wax. 
I felt like the wax on the outside was making him extra slippery because like the force, mm. like if you take the, if you take the knife and pull it off, then you get the force. But if you like, as it's like the sheer weight is pulling it down, if the face mm. was like slick, then all of a sudden you start to, you can feel that it's slicker and slicker and that's, yeah. there's more a little bit, it's more slippery. So yeah, we never talk about magnet boards. Congratulations, guys! We're in fucking new we're in a new world here. There we go science. But I, you know, science. if you can figure out a way to do them nice, you know, and uh, I think that's a great add-on for sure, especially if you're making nice knives. Because there's some the ones you buy in the super the buy in the wherever they're terrible. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I said the ones that I made. It was it was a lot of work for it. You right. Know? I'm sure if you made a lot of them, you could, you know, you could streamline that process. A CNC machine would make it easy. Oh, dude, yeah, if you had a CNC machine, it's like, it's, it's like money in the bank. But um, mm. I would, I would, uh, you know, this whole thing was like, I mean, it's such a big order. That was like, and I wanted to learn how to do it and figure out how to do it. And that was worth it. But at the same time, I'd bitch the whole goddamn time. The whole time. <laughs> Fucking whole time. Okay, let's knock out a couple of sponsors. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! 15% off, not to be sniffed at. Knife Talk is sponsored by Evenheat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat because that will take you to Sword Ceramics and as we all know by now they are distributors of Avian Heats they've usually got some in stock but they can spec one up ready for you anyway $75 off the normal retail price and uh, free shipping in the US so go take a look knifetalk.net forward slash heat shall we do some questions we get questions we have listener feedback we have one why me why me why me does always happen to me that's good too whatever you want Okay, well, let's, let's start with a few questions, and um, then we'll go to some feedback, maybe. Ranger Blades has contacted us on Instagram. We are Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. DM us your questions, and they'll, they'll be added to our list. Uh, this is from Ranger Blades. Hey, guys, love the show. My question is, I just bought a 2x72 grinder. What would be the best attachment to buy next, the big wheel or the small wheel attachment? Uh, keep making great content. Um... Okay, so he's just bought, by the sound of it, his first uh, 2x72. He's wondering what would be the most useful uh, attachments. It's difficult not knowing, you know, exactly what you make. Um, but um, I tend to use the big wheel far more than I'd use the small wheel attachments. Really? Small wheels Small wheels are generally do, you know, for, you know, little little finicky bits. Um, the big wheel I use just as much as a platen, yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> I would have gone the other way. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, when I first started handle sculpting especially, to get kind of like the nice little curves and swoops and stuff, that small wheel was critical for getting into those corners and kind of blending things out and kind of creating those those unique contours. Um, mm. I almost never use a large wheel. Really? Yeah. Oh. Me neither. Mm. I'm trying to think. What, what are you using the big wheel for? Um, for most, when I'm not, um, grinding my flats, anything that when I'm not doing flats, basically, mm. um, because what I find is you get just that little bit of contact instead. Oh, yeah. Um, so you can just use, it doesn't generate as much heat and all the rest of it. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Even, even when I'm doing like hogging stuff off, if I'm doing uh, like profiling, 
um, I'll use the big wheel, but then I'll just use the platen at the end just to make sure I get straight edges. Mm-hmm. Um, just because there's 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 just less contact and it just seems to yeah, it just seems to chip away a bit better. Did you I guys see. ever like see profiles. Uh, hmm. Nick Wheeler did a video where how he grinds his his knives, and sometimes what he'll do is he'll take passes with the wheel, like he'll hit hmm. he'll use the wheel to take off passes on when he's grinding down a blade. It was a pretty interesting yeah. concept. It seemed like it was hmm. he's too good to do it for, for, for me to con- you know even contemplate doing it. But it was a kind of yeah. a neat a neat idea. I would hmm. think if you had a, a you know this isn't just a broadback thing, but if you have the if you have the Moreco Platin, which has two different sized wheels, go with the big wheel just because you got the two small wheels on your Platin. You know, mm. so two different yeah. size wheels. Right. Yeah, I I also use big wheel a, a lot for finishing as well. So put on like a a super fine belt, and for doing spines and things like that. Mm. Um, obviously go in, you know, d- you know, across the direction of the, the the way the wheel's spinning. You're not doing perpendicular to it, obviously. Um, and yeah, you can get some really nice finishes that way too, and breaking edges and things like that too. One right. thing I've just recently started to do is when I designed my last, uh, the first chef knife for the uh, Cosmic Drift series, it kind of swoops up. Uh, it's mm. not a straight spine; it kind of swoops up. And I kind of knowing that it was going to swoop up, I was trying to figure out what would be the best way to. When I designed it, how to kind of clean it up, and I kind of had the design plus I used the radius platen. And I kind of just made sure that the radius platen and the spine kind of were in the same ballpark. And I used the mm. radius platen to clean that, to make, to round that spine up. And it was perfect. Mm. It was a great, it was yeah. a great like design decision to say, okay, I know we have, we want to do this. That's one of the things I really, I feel very strongly about in terms of design is to, when you're designing something, it's like, oh, okay, this is great. No, well, how are we going to clean that part up? Like, the Ricasso or how are we going to clean certain things up? Do we have the ability to, you know, get into these spots with the, what, with the tools that we have. And then maybe you might want to like bump up and you, sometimes you see that uh, a lot of knife makers will just like, you can tell that, that they, that Ricasso area or the, from the Ricasso to the heel, they just have, that's, they have a specific contact wheel that fits in there. Perfect. You can tell, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that sometimes it used to be one of those things where I was just like, it kind of turned me off because I was just like, if I can see how you did it. You see that two inch wheel fitted right in there. If you can see how, you can see (laughs) exactly how you did it. I was just like, I just fucking stuck a goddamn contact wheel in there. I know what he had. I had the same, but then I sort of realized, you know what? That's a goddamn good way to kind of think about how you can make everything simple and make it correct and kind of go through it. So I changed my tune on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think right now the the only thing I really use the big wheel for is for uh, when I'm making my Damascus, I put a really coarse, even like a worn out 36, I can um, I can still use it for ripping off kind of the forge scale and bark like 90% of it um, mm. before then going to like a nicer belt and the flats of a platen or even possibly still on the contact wheel. Uh, to then clean out the rest of the clean out the rest of the forge scale and uh, and and bring those scratches up to a higher higher finish. Mm. You're gonna yeah. think I'm totally crazy, but when I started to when I got I had I went I was all in on the Tormac sharpening system. Then I was all in complete hatred of it, and now I'm in super love with it. Like it's a strange relationship I have with the goddamn Tormac. There was a middle point where I had to I used the big wheel as my uh, to try to like copy the size of the Tormac 
and I was having I had the big wheel on with the with the belt, and then I had it going super duper slow. And it was almost like the exact same angle and the exact same speed as the Tormac, and I was just trying to like figure out how to transition this. Maybe that would be like a good transitionary uh, thing in the beginning to kind of like rough in the grinds and stuff like that. I was using that. But I'm like Mareka. I, I can't really th- even think when I use the contact wheel. Big one. Nice. Okay. Okay. Um, who wants to take the next one? From SBG Knives, he says, question for you fine folks. Uh, how thin do you take an eight inch chef's knife at, at the blade? Hmm. Uh, have an order for one and would like to do it right. Stay fresh, gents. I- I'm going to guess he's referring to or they are referring to uh at the edge cutting edge yeah Yeah. what do you guys what's your move i think it depends um i mean a chef's knife is pretty broad title i suppose sure um but yeah speak to them find out what they're going to be using it for if it's just like a general purpose knife or something specific um generally um if they're sort of professional chefs i'll take it down down to basically down to down to the you know sharp I'll, I'll i'll grind them sharp and then i grind it you know that that sort of secondary bevel in which is which is the you know the, mm-hmm. the, the 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 sharp angle um but yeah if they're you know if it's a gift for somebody's mum for example I'll, i couldn't give you a number but yeah it would be just a just that little bit thicker just because they're probably going to be take much care of it as much as you'd hope a professional chef would do but yeah i mean that that's a quite a, a broad thing to say um but yeah i generally go as thin as as thin as you could you could cut with it and then i'll take it to a sharpener and then give it that secondary bevel sure yeah for me it's i i used to always push things really far like really thin um but then i started kind of trying to take into consideration somebody's understanding uh of, and 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 i know this through communicating through via email um with the customer they most customers if they have other custom knives like to talk about them um but if they have other custom knives to me that hopefully that means they have kind of a sense and understanding of how to better maintain a thinner edge and that will then inform me of how thin to push that edge but if it's just going out into the world or to somebody i don't know uh, or don't know what their experience is with custom knives and thin edges especially um i'll I'll probably keep it actually a little bit on the beef quote unquote beefier side which is around maybe five or ten thousandths before sharpening um just to have that little extra meat behind that bevel uh to support that edge um and and help prevent it from chipping out um but honestly, as thin as you can take it, in general, my opinion is as thin as you can take it and that thing still be able to take some abuse. Like if you chop through some chop, like bamboo chopsticks, um, there is a great kind of a way to test um, edge stability, I guess, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, how stable that edge is um, based on how thin or how th- quote unquote thick it is. Um, I've always really liked that test um, having, and I keep chopstick handy uh, in the shop just for that occasion. Um, but yeah, it's just gonna, I, I, I think in general you want to push it thinner, thinner than leaving it thicker. If you're, if you're getting up at like 20 thousandths at the edge before sharpening, that's a, that's a bit on the thick side, I would say. Um, but shooting for about 10, five to 10 thousandths, uh, 10 to 12 thousandths at the edge before sharpening is not bad. 
What do you think of that test every so often you see where somebody will take their fingernail and then they'll kind of like bulge out the edge? What do you think? You know what I'm talking about? Or they'll take yeah, a, for sure. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about that? What does that tell you? Uh, it's, it, to me, it informs how thin things are at the edge. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing. Um, because depending on how the person heat treated the knife, what kind of steel the knife is made from, like, sure, you can have it deflect and come back all day long, but then the first time you accidentally cut an apple stem or something and it ribbon or like deforms, that's not going to be good for you. So you still want to, again, you, I try to push it as thin as possible without it potentially taking on any damage. You know, you can, you can grind any knife to a thin foil edge, but how well and how stable and, and tough that edge is, is another question. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I see them and it, and, and, and I always look at it and I think to myself, I'm like, what is that? What does that mean? Is it mean it's going to be, it's also going to be a softer edge to sharpen? Like, what is that? I mean, I just don't under, I, it's fucking good. It looks cool. That's for sure. And I'm not, God bless you. If you're do, if you're listening to this and you say, oh, I fucking do that all the time. God bless you. I don't understand it, but I'm not saying it like, I don't understand it. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know these people. I don't, I just don't get it. But I, I, I'm kind of on the side of, I'm kind of on the side of both of you. I don't know thou's at all. And I've, you know, I've never mm. pretended like I do. And I try to make my most important to me is making sure that the whole. It's a feeling, man. It's a feeling. Right. <laughs> Can't stop this feeling. I, I try to make that. I want to make sure the most important part is that edge is before I sharpen it is even. Because that's sure. when the problems happen. Like if you have some part that's too thin or something like in the middle, if it's too thin or if it's not like even, even, thin, thin. Then all, mm -hmm. when you start to sharpen it, all of a sudden you end up with like a, you know, a bolo or something like that. Mm -hmm. it's, sometimes it can be a little bit, I, I don't know. I, I, I tend, I used to make my edge much thicker. Now I'm making it, I'm pushing much thinner and thinner as I go. And I'm finding myself using the Tormek way more because it's, it's, it's fat. I'm getting it faster, but I'm not like losing control of the edge. Sometimes with the, with the belt, I was finding I was losing control. And I was going too hot or I was going too fast or was taking off too much material. And I'm starting to really just be comfortable with the Tormek and just take my time and get a better edge. And I'm getting much better results. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think also a, a, a contributing factor is the overall thickness of the blade. So you can get it super fine at the edge, but if it's thick at the spine, like the, that knife is just going to wedge into the, into whatever mm -hmm. material it's cutting with. And I think, yeah. uh, I, I actually, what was it? I was in, when I was up in the Northeast, I was at Zach Jonas's uh, house teaching a class. And, uh, and he had a kind of, kind of a play on a Chinese cleaver, like a ve Chinese vegetable cleaver. It was, but it was cut out of some sort of 16th of an inch, uh, uh, sorry, 16th of an inch steel. And, and then it was, it was only, uh, or it was 10 thousandths at the edge, which, Typically for me, still kind of on the thicker side, but because of how thin that blade already was, and then he ground it down to ten thousandths and sharpened it and all that, dude, that thing just fell through food. It was fucking crazy. And so again, even though ten thousandths of an inch seems thick, thick to me in general, um, because of the rest of the blade, 
uh, and it, the rest of the blade's thinness, man, that thing, like, j- it cut like a dream. It cut like one of my knives where I take it down to maybe five thousandths or a couple thousandths before sharpening. And it's, you know, you can feel those nuances with time and experience, but, um, yeah, I think that's just, that's another thing to try to take into consideration. Hopefully your stock material is probably already maybe an eighth of an inch and that'll help alleviate that issue. But, um, yeah. Don't sleep on 16th inch steel for knives, knives. You can make a fucking good ass knife with 16th inch. I've made, yeah. I made a ton of, of real, and I, I want to, I, part of me wants to going to go back to it. But I mean, the problem is, is like when you do a full flat grind on a, on a chef knife, that's a 16th inch. All of a sudden you're just, it's just a little bit, it gets a little bit like, all right, it's, <laughs> what are we doing here? It's like, it gets a little bit crazy, but yeah. I've had really good experience with uh 16th, especially depending on the geometry of the, of the profile. You know, if you sure. have a big profile, it's not as whippy as you think it's going to be. I've oh made, yeah. I've made uh eight inch chef knives with a two inch heel at 16th. And there, there's no way you th- you'd think it's like a noodle and it isn't like a noodle at all. But then right. you make, you take 16th and you make a, a boning knife. You can make a, or, or a fillet knife. The difference mm, between yeah. using three thirty seconds, making, you could take the same profile of a boning knife and make it a three three, uh, three seconds or an eighth. You make the same knife with a 16th and you have a difference between a boning knife and a fillet and a flexible fillet knife. Right. Cuz that one that 3 quarters of an inch or 1 inch of of height from the spine to the thing to this edge it's dynamite. Don't sleep on 16th, man. I, I just want to so I keep referencing 5000ths of an inch. Um for those in the metric world it is 0.127 millimeters. Well that's the gun the gun that's the gun people. Yeah, it's foil. Okay, uh, Jeff, you want to take the, another question, yes. and then we'll do some listener feedback. Magic kick knives. Uh, hey guys, I got a question for you. I've been wanting to forge some cheese knives from stainless steel. However, basically, all the stainless steel that is a decent size for forging is usually out of stock from places I usually forge my steel. So it got me thinking. I think I don't know if he's been listening to our podcast or not, but uh, we'll keep going. It's got me thinking: Is there really any point to hardening a cheese knife? I'd love to know your thoughts, guys. Thanks. Didn't we do that? Hmm. We covered this a couple months ago, didn't we? We did when I did that butter knife. We were right. talking about whether that would would need hardening. Um, yeah. Um, in the end, I I did harden it um, just because I prefer to work with hardened steel. Um, it just grinds differently. Um, but I mean, with regards to you know. It would certainly cut cheese. It's not going to dull the edge if it's not hardened. I'm sure of it. Um, but we did talk about the the possibility of the stainless not being as stainless if it wasn't treated. I think wasn't it? Mm. I can't quite remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at that point, if it's a cheese knife, I, I don't. I wonder why you're even forging it. Um, is it for the forge aesthetic or because you, I don't even think you really put an edge on a cheese knife, right? It's it's more like a butter knife edge. Hmm. At least the yeah. the cheese knives I've seen. Yeah, I mean you'd you'd have a, you you would have some sort of taper, but it wouldn't necessarily go to a to a, a sharp edge. Yeah, yeah. Does it get like stuck in the cheese? I don't know uh, I don't fucking know. cheese knives. Um, yeah, but you you do that, and it has it only has like a fork end as well, doesn't it? You know, is There's, that that so you can pick up stupid fucking thing with it bends up? We got the two like looks like exactly, the iron yeah, sheets boot. Pro- you know what I'm talking yes. about. Anyway, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm yeah, talking about, right? That's a cheese knife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's that? What is that? What is that thing? So the knife goes, it goes, and it it bends up, and it's got that little two forks on the top. What is that for? Yeah, 
for picking the cheese Ugh. up. Is, is that so just for cheese or is it for salami it too? I suppose you could use it for salami, but I mean, <sighs> what a come dumb, on, you must have a cheese a knife. dumb knife. There's two kinds of people in this world. Those with a cheese knife yeah. and savages. Oh, right, right. <laughs> right. And the grapefruit spoon people, too. Don't forget about them. The same goes for the gato fork. Fucking yes. gato <laughs> fork. <laughs> Listen to you. You are so out of touch. What's a fucking gato fork? That's a, is that a cake fork, you fucking wacko? It, it pretty much is, yeah. A yeah, gato yeah. fork? What is a gato fork? Similar. So you'd have, you'd have a very small fork with, with three prongs, um, but no, it's normally the left side. Um, has almost spoon-like, almost blade-like, mm. thicker. Basically, one of the one of the one of the tines is thicker. Yeah. That, so, <laughs> a ghetto fork. Listen to you. I've Fuck, never heard ghetto of that. fork. Is what it sounds like to me. That's what I think. Ghetto fork. <laughs> Spork. That's what they have is, all yeah. sorts of. You know, that is the funny thing. There, when I was younger, I was sitting at a restaurant, and they served. They put this the utensils down, and there was this. It was like an it was like a spatula, but it was a it was a knife, and it turned out. I said, "But dad, I said to my dad, what is this for?" He's like, "It's a fish for. It's a fish knife, and it wasn't mm. straight. So you pick it up like it was almost like a spoon, but it was the end was not a spoon. It was a like a butter knife. Interesting. Yeah, these people. I have I have a couple of those. I didn't know those were fish knives. Yeah, I thought they were just kind of like an offset spreading knife. No, it's for. I think it's probably for you know if you have like a full off uh, like a sole or like a dolphin yeah, sole flat a flat fish, fish yeah. where you're boning yeah. it at the table. They want okay. you to pick it up with it. it's almost like a spatula. Who <laughs> laughed at boning it at the table? <laughs> it wasn't me. That yeah, time. It was somebody laughed. Grow up, Morocco. When you're <laughs> boning it at the table. Shit. Oh God, you have a gato fork. Oh. <laughs> I don't. Okay, listen. Let's do some listener well, feedback. What do we say for the cheese knife? Do we, do we oh, even right. care? I, I thought we do had. We even care? We had. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, I, I would say I, probably most cheese knives I've seen are probably made from a non-hardenable stainless. So if you wanted to texture it, you'd get like 316 or, or 304 or something like that and texture it. Uh, and that way when you forge it, because there's no carbon in it, you're not worried about the carbides growing too big or, or not doing their job. Um because it's just always going to be stainless. So texture shit out of it. Put a little edge on it. It doesn't need to be super sharp because it's cutting cheese on a wooden board every once in a while. That's what I would say. And, I mean, most flatware, the stainless flatware isn't hardened anyway. I mean, you don't, they're no. not hardening spoons mm. and forks, right? Yeah. Yeah. But an- another point there is you said on... <laughs> <laughs> Where's your etiquette, guys? Come on. Quite often cheese is served on a marble plate. Oh, Come geez. on. You to keep it guys. cold. You're you're speaking to Fingal. Yeah. You're speaking With, to Fingal. So, you know yeah, we yeah. gotta get Fingal on because he knows all the different. He, he sent like me a some glass che- dome over the top. He, he sent me some cheese yeah. and he told me about letting it breathe and taking it out of the refrigerator and to put it got to put it out for two days. This and that. You know, really, it's all yeah, this stuff with the cheese. Oh boy, the wax paper. Oh and yes, yes. Yeah. and oh <laughs> get the saw turns and all that. Oh yes, yes. Wax paper for wrapping up the cheese. Yes, so it doesn't sweat. Yeah. Oh, instead, instead of, of like a plastic wrap? Exactly, yes, yeah. Hmm. yeah. I'm not a, a cheese, it's fine. Never heard that. It's, I, don't, I don't get horned up about cheese, ladies and germs. It's really? Not really, I mean, it's fine. I'm not oh. like, I'm not getting like, I'm not getting nuts about it, you know? Right. I'm not breaking out the wax paper and 
you know, getting up my marble. How many cheese? All right, Craig, let's just finish this <laughs> cheese story up. How many in your refrigerator right now? How many different cheeses do you have? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you probably will laugh Good. at this, but just because I know for a fact that we've got too many. How many cheeses? Um, I'd say we probably have seven or eight different cheeses. Really? Wow. Okay. I, yeah. I probably have about five or six myself. What? What? Che- wait, yeah. Morocco. What kind of cheese? How much cheese do you have in your? What cheese do you have? <laughs> I need to know. Uh, I I got um some sort of goat, like some Spanish goat cheese. Like it's a hard goat cheese. I have some manchego. I have brie, uh, telegio, herbed goat cheese, like a soft stuff, and then just like you know, shredded mozzarella and fresh mozzarella. And I think that's it. I'm right stupefied. Now. I'm so amazed that you have so much cheese. You is this is this the normal amount of cheese you have in your house? <laughs> this is. So I was talking to my wife about how we were talking about luxury last week, and she's like, "Food, our oh, food." Yeah. And that's the mm, that's probably yeah. the thing that is the most luxurious luxurious part of our life is, you know, we'll we'll splurge a little bit on super delicious stuff. Oh, I have a yeah. a, a yeah. Cam- or what is it? A Stilton. I have a Stilton as well in the fridge. How mm. long will these cheeses the last? Veggies. When do they go oh, out? Right. Yeah. So I usually like to get smaller wedges that are maybe only a few ounces because I do not. I have no interest in the cheese going bad because it's heartbreaking. All right. There you go. Cheese talk, ladies and germs. Cheese talk. You have yeah. eight cheeses, yeah. Craig, you fucking greasy. Uh, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm trying to think now what they'd be. So we'd also have a parmesan, we'd also have a mozzarella, a brie. Okay. We'd also have, we'd also have like, a, just like a, a soft, um, I can't even think what, what it would be, but just a soft white cheese that, you know, spreadable for the kids. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd normally have like a, like a rule, which will have like a, you know, like a roll with garlic and chives and stuff in it. There's normally mm. something like that there. Um, yeah. Then we'd have, you know, like a, like a British cheddar as well. Right. Um, goat cheese. There, there, there's always, yeah. there's always loads there. Always How loads. about Fremunda? Yeah, you have any Fremunda? <laughs> no. <laughs> cheese from Monday. From Monday, your balls. <laughs> oh, from Monday, your balls. Uh, there you go. Moving on. Jesus. Okay. Christ. Okay. Uh, listen to feedback, you bastards. Listen to feedback. <laughs> cheese from Monday. You never heard of from Monday cheese? <laughs> oh, from Monday, your balls. Oh. <laughs> Knife talk. Listen to feedback, ladies and germs. This is where a chance you can tell us what yeah tell us what we've done wrong or what you <laughs> feel like we need to know. Something like that. Go to follow us on Instagram. Knife talk podcast on Instagram. Uh, this one comes from Brody. Brody sent us a message. He sent us a message a couple weeks ago saying that he was going to an event in Australia. He was going to bring beef jerky or wild game jerky and knives. You guys remember that? Yes, yes, yes. Yep. He said, hey, boys, just wrapped up my first market. I sold some jerky, no knives, but a lot of interest. Thanks for the tips. Mm, so okay. so the, we were talking about what would you bring. We all had our ideas. Bring more goddamn jerky. That's what, that's what I would do. That is the key. And maybe a little Fremunda. You never know. I mean, fucking, fucking jerky from, from under the counter. From under the, from- At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Under the counter. <laughs> from under the counter. I got some Vermonta cheese. The next one comes from uh, Sam, uh, Sam Andenson. Sam, uh, Sam Andenson. I'm sorry, Sam. I know. He, Sam's a good dude. He works for, he works at Alex, uh, Alex, I don't know why it's written down this way. It must be my fault. It's uh, he works for uh, the Alex Steele Co. He's a great guy. Sam's the man. Uh, I had a nice conversation oh, yeah. with him, and he goes, I, "Hey, I have a new bid idea. Buyer's remorse. We were uh, suggesting that our listeners come up with some bid ideas. Hmm. Call it buyer's remorse. The okay. listeners can send in stories about tool purchases that didn't go as planned, and it might help others avoid the same problems. For example, mm-hmm. we bought a small bandsaw from Home Depot." For the sole purpose of cutting slots and hammer handles for wedges, it only had one job. But no matter how you adjusted the machine, the blade had its mind of its own. Oh, uh, sold it right away and bought a well-taken-care-of older bandsaw clerk Craigslist. Night and day difference. Right. Don't make mm. the same mistakes. I like this bit, except for I know mm. our listeners are going to rat people out, and they're going to want to say na- they're going to want to name names, and they're going to want us to name names. And I don't think we should be in the business of naming names. You know what I'm saying? Mm, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because still you know, complain though, can't they? They can complain. I think if the <laughs> listeners want to do a listener, if they want to do buyer's remorse, and we can all do buyer's remorse right now. Yeah, I got you. You can definitely. Oh, I bet you. I bet you do. I bet you do. You <laughs> like to name names. Send, listen, guys. If you're gonna send, in, if you're gonna send, in, if you're gonna send in, um, don't name names. Because I'm not gonna, I'm just not gonna read it. You know, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna like, verbally abuse or write something. You don't want to say something about a company we don't know anything about either. Hmm. So just be so, fucking. So vague. Are these tools, are they tools that people buy in? Could be anything. Could be not from using. Fucking, okay. fucking, you know, cheese, whatever. Don't, if you have buyer's remorse, <laughs> send us your buyer's remorse. But but you're gonna have to be vague and don't write me like the the Magna Carta. Some of you guys like edit yourselves, but don't don't name names because we're not we're not doing that. We're not doing that. So, guys, what kind of buyer's remorse do you have? Uh, I would say my buyer's remorse that I still reflect on was when I first started. I thought I was going to be a fucking genius and build my own grinder and save some money. And I really wish I did not do that. Because what I did is I wasted a month and a half fucking around with this stupid thing when I could have been working the whole time and making shit. What's the buyer's remorse? I wish I didn't do it. I wish but, I wish I had just actually bought a, a grinder oh, that was that's ready just to rock and roll. No, but is there a tool that you bought that you're just like? Ugh, I, I mean, I paid it. for all the parts. I spent hours building the fucking thing. Mm. I think that's the 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 buyer's remorse is spending all this money and all this time when I should have just bought the fucking grinder that was ready to rock and roll instead mm. of building one. That's 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 a drag. But you but you figured it out though. Yeah, I mean, I figured it out. I'm glad to have the understanding of Grinder, but at the same time, I I still reflect on it, and I'm just like, fucking stupid. I should have just bought a Grinder. Craig, do you have any buyer's remorse? Fucking Dremels. <laughs> More than one. I've probably bought four or five oh, Dremels. Yeah. I, thankfully, I no longer use Dremels for any of my processes, but I did. And um, 
you know, not not cheap ones. You know, Dremels. You know, branded Dremels, and um, they would just always shit, always shit. They'd work for a few months, and then they wouldn't. Um, so yeah, I spent way too much money on Dremels. If you hadn't bought, if you hadn't bought more than three Dremels, you're not Dremeling. I mean, <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, you know, you never actually Dremel unless you've got three or four of them. Exactly. You're right. You're completely right. Yeah. I mean, the stupidest part about the Dremels is that's a t-shirt. I mean, you haven't been. I mean, you have seriously. I mean, it's like you don't have three or four of them. You're not doing it right. They'd, you're not trembling hard enough. I mean, it's like so stupid. It's like those goddamn things are so shitty. I have three. I fucking I know I have three. I, I had one in college. I thought I was smart. I had one in college. Broke that right away. And then yeah. my wife. My wife had one. I took that. Brought here to the shop i got two other ones here you got three you ain't doing it right and the worst part about these goddamn dremels is the 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 arrogance of having their own area in a hardware store because (laughs) they i mean that little location you pay up the wazoo for dremel bits have you yeah. noticed that? Have yeah. you noticed just like, whoa, oh, yeah. these seem yeah. like, whoa, that seems really expensive. Why? Oh, yeah. they're only giving well, me. this little cutoff wheel, that'll be they're handy. Giving me... <laughs> <laughs> they're giving me four drums? Wow, for $8? This is such a bargain. I'm only going to use them in two seconds. <laughs> fucking Dremel. Remember how I said yeah. don't name names? <laughs> Where are we? Yeah, straight yeah. in with the Dremel. The libel yeah. show brought to you by the, our friends at Dremel. I, I actually speak, <laughs> I mean, the Dremels are really something. I use it every day, frankly, though. I, I love those Dremels. I, I like the Tootsie Rolls. You know about a Tootsie Roll? That's what my old my old uh, lead guy, John Ledford, used to call the drum sanding things. You call them Tootsie mm. Rolls. Get yourself oh, some right, Tootsie yeah. Rolls. Yeah. Uh, if, I do have a real buyer's remorse if do it if, if, okay so i i when i used to make my sayas i used to do a two-piece saya where i would have one side thin and then this other side th- was thicker and then i would route out the pocket where the knife would go and i cheaped out and bought a router for like 30 bucks from harbor freight or something like that and everything's great about it except for how you tighten the collar where you adjust and set the height for how deep it cuts because the first time I used the first time I used the thing, I had it cranked down, had depth set and everything. I'm almost done and and I noticed that it's starting it's cutting deeper at one end than the other. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? It had slowly vibrated down, even though I had it cranked. And so I cranked it harder and harder, and the little thing that's supposed to help keep it all tight ended up bending and, and I shouldn't have cheaped out. Cheaped out on it. Honestly, that's the end of the story. I cheaped out on it. I should have just spent, you know, whatever, another thirty dollars to get the next step up, and that probably would have been way better. Speaking of, that reminds me. Speaking of cheap and awful, those screws with the plastic handle on the side. You know what I'm talking about? Like if you like a bolt, and then oh, it's like a lever. Yeah. I was listening to Jimmy Dresta was talking about how he hates them more than anything. It's like a, it's like a screw. It's usually for like tightening up here because i got a peloton and we use it all the time my wife uses i use it you know it's moving up and down and that goddamn handle is a threaded screw and a threaded bolt and then there's this ratcheting plastic handle that you can crank down Mm. well Mm. that fucking thing breaks off and then you're out so i had to like i had to order more and the ones i ordered more broke they are and then all of a sudden i heard i heard uh, jimmy uh, jimmy say those things are the worst goddamn 
piece of hardware there is. And he's right. If you try to, if you try to hog one down, you're out. And then but the mm. best thing is, is it's got a, it's got a Allen key on the end and you just get your Allen wrench and then there you go. But at the same time, it's not as soigné. but I do have buyer's remorse about something. Remember we talked about not What's naming that? names. <laughs> I bought a goddamn tire hammer years ago from a guy <laughs> and this goddamn yeah. thing it was such a production getting. I had it made, and and you know what? Now I now I love it, but there was a good amount of time where there was a lot of hostility. I got I I went with the tire hammer, and the funny this the funny story is is you know uh, back in the day Jesse was I was talking to Jesse, and I was like, yeah, I really think I got tire hammers for me because if it's if it's all steel, you can repair. I can repair it. You know, I'm a welder. I can repair it. If it's cast iron, mm. who am I going to want to get the hammer right. whisperer to come up from Brooklyn and like, you know, take my children? I mean, it's like, it's like a ton of money. <laughs> so, so, so I got this tire hammer and I had it built. It was, it turned out it was the wrong guy. It was, it was Jesse sent me to the guy. He sent me a picture, sent me the guy. Turns out to be the wrong guy. That was number one. <laughs> he oh, sent you a picture. Don't use he, this no, guy. No, he like, said, okay, this is the, this, this guy. Okay, said, this is this the guy. one you want. And this is the guy who makes it. And then I was like, okay, great. And I talked to the guy. It was fine. And then I sent a picture to Jesse after I've already put the deposit down to build it. He goes, oh, that's not the guy. That's not the guy I to make. And I'm like, yeah, it's the fucking guy you sent it me to. And he's like, oh, that's the wrong guy. I'm like, you fucking sent me to the wrong guy then. So I went with it. It came. It was not. It, it arrived very late. Not finished. And I had to re-weld all this stuff, and I had to redo things. Oh. And I remember I, that was the first time I think that was the first hammer in where you, where you came, Mareko. Remember? Yeah. And before, <laughs> what did you do to him? <laughs> what? What did I do to who? <laughs> what you? What did you? Wait, angry. we missed it. <laughs> what? What happened? Rewind. What happened? <laughs> it was the first hammer in where where Mareko came. Oh, and I was just wondering what you did to him. Fucking guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. It was Steve Pellegrino's steak. That thing was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have mercy. <laughs> have mercy. But I had to fix this because I had all these like heavy hitters coming and I had to get this. I had to re-weld the whole thing. And I ended up calling the guy up and say, listen, I just want to tell you something. I had to re-weld this thing because I got real welders coming to this place. And it was... I, the bottom line was I had to get Cliff in to help me fix the whole thing, and I was just cursing this guy. And now it's a great, it's a great tire hammer, but I, I, it's a cursed tire hammer. Kind of wish I didn't buy it, so mm. I had to redo it. But that was the okay. reason, like the tire hammer, I could fix it. So that was a long way. Do you know where you'll never get buyer's Go remorse? Ahead. Down TexasFarrowSupply.com. Um, everything you need as a knife maker or a farrier or blacksmith, whatever you may be. Um, and the great thing about Texas Farrow Supply is they sell Indasa Rhinoet, which is the the sandpaper of the superstars. It's what everybody uses. Um, make sure you're using uh, Rhinoet. If you're doing any sort of hand sanding, it's the best It's the best stuff. They sell it at Texas. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> they sell it at Texas Farrow Supply amongst many other things. So go take a look. And if you use Knife Talk 10 at checkout, you'll get 10% off your whole order. There we go. We have why me, why me, why does this always happen to me? We got two of them. They're pretty good. Let's do them. Okay. All right, guys. Why me, why me, why does this always happen to me? You send in, once again, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, um, and you you can send us your problems. You don't understand what's happening, and then you know we try to figure it out, but sometimes it don't work. We never know. This one comes from LCA Knife Works. Hey, y'all. So I have a why me, why me, why does this always happen to me? Actually, I have two. This happened to me last Sunday. I was grinding knives. It was thundering and lightning pretty bad. 
I figured I was safe since I was in an enclosed 12 by 12 building, which is in my, which is my grinding room. Wrong. Lightning struck a tree about 150 yards behind the shop, ran a barbed wire fence up and down the shop and jumped to the wire running into my shop. In the blink of an eye, it felt like someone hit me in the chest and my legs went out from under me. I woke up about five minutes later in a puddle of drool. I'm saying it's from urine, but he's saying drool. To my wife. I mean, let's just clean it up here, LCA. I mean, let's just make this story the way it is. Uh, I woke up in a puddle of drool, wink, wink, to to my wife standing over me asking, what happened to you? Thankfully, my surge protector took the brunt of the strike. Guess it's time to unwire the sh- rewire the shop. Yeah, oh, have you wow. heard that shit before? No, that's wild. I do that's have. A, sh- I do. Have grinding a f- room is not where you want to fall, especially when you're holding a knife. Well, being electrocuted <laughs> is not nice either. I mean, yeah, yeah. I got a story. To talk. Oh, pissing yourself. Let's face it. <laughs> he didn't, I just. I, he didn't do that. I. I just changed it. I. He didn't. He, he said did. he drooled, but I mean. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Stop fucking with us. But I do have a story. I was on a podcast years ago, and this guy was telling this story. It sounded like the biggest horseshit story I'd ever heard in my life, and I couldn't control myself. He says, I was, I was in the shop, and I was, I was, it was thundering and lightning, and I decided to stand and watch the thunder and lightning in my shop, and I had one hand on my table saw, and then the other hand... I had a glass of whiskey in my hand and I was sipping the whiskey and electric and then the lightning hit the building and I was frozen by the electricity and the glass was frozen in my hand and I was, the first surge was going through. He's telling the story and the guy's like, oh, really? And, say, and I'm sitting there like, this is the biggest bullshit story I've ever heard in my life. And I said, I don't, I think I, said, I was a guest. I was a fucking guest. And I think I said, maybe there was some epoxy in your hand. Let's not, you were electrocuted. You could put your fucking drink down. Knock it off. And uh, that's the end of that. So, look, I'm glad he's okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, I, the f- electricity scares the shit out of me, but I don't know how it kind of like, I don't know how you would get electric shock in a, from electricity in, in your shop. Yeah. Mm. I, I was at a friend's shop. He, he did uh, a lot of Volkswagen auto body repair and, and rebuilt old Volkswagens. He, he did some really great stuff, but he had a stick welder that was always, you know, just right there for all the different body repair and shit like that he was doing. And one day or one night, we're all kind of sitting around. Everybody's, some people are smoking weed, some people are drinking, and we're just fucking around. And somebody's like, hey, and they turn on the art and the stick welder, and they, somebody's holding on to the ground and then another person's holding on to the stick and there's like a circle of like 10 of us and we're all holding each other's hands basically (laughs) we're singing kumbaya and get and feeling the electricity going through us and one by one somebody would be like i don't like the way this feels (laughs) and then they would step out of the circle so it got down to just me and my one buddy uh and we were just kind of like barely touching the tips of our fingers. Our and fingers. then I grab his hand and our whole bodies like start the muscles in our arms start to clench up and curl in. And, Oof. and he's like, I can't let go. I can't let go. <laughs> and I'm just laughing at him the whole time. <laughs> and, uh, and then wow. I finally, I let go of him. And, uh, and that was the end of the game. And we never played it again. 
No. That you don't. <laughs> no. And I found out later that it's really apparently very dangerous to fuck around with electricity oh. like that. Oh, because, really? Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> because it can stop your heart. Oh. <laughs> and not it? just even in the moment, but somewhere down the road. Yeah. Who knows? Oh, wow. I'm just yeah. glad that that's Ooh. the end of the story because I've thought like the loser has to like suck someone's dick or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Jesus! I don't know. Christ. You're fucking sitting around with electricity, and then there's got to be some sort of punishment <laughs> at the end. I mean, what's who wins? Who wins think- being electrocuted the whole time? For Christ's sakes! Oh, oh God! I remember my dad had an electric fence, and we used to, I used to grab it. And I grabbed it one time. I was like, I'm done grabbing this fucking fence and then you try to pee on it and you're just like what am i doing with my life yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> electricity's no good second part of the question is uh, second part of the thing is he says it's cold as hell for south uh, mississippi tuesday morning i had a bunch of knives that needed to get to the engraver the pickup was at 10 a.m and i woke up at 9 15 with two more handles to grind it's hard as hell to get out of bed when your woman is warm and it's cold outside hell of a decision to make that was the fastest i've ever finished a knife maybe forging fire doesn't have a bad concept after all so lca <laughs> knives p.s craig howdy so he says howdy to you so Howdy. Okay. Got a warm woman inside. Howdy, One I'll warm woman in the bed. You can't make those knives. <laughs> right. And I got one last one. Wasn't, I mean, that was just a story. That wasn't really a why. I mean, this is, why does it always happen to me? The guy, look, the guy's lucky guy. He wakes up in the morning. He's got, I mean, he. he, he I mean, I don't know. What's, How are you okay, Jeff? Do we need to stop? Are you being okay? Okay? Right like, now? What's why me? Why does this always happen to me? I wake up and I'm horny. That's really what the problem is. <laughs> Oh, God, I have some problems. All right, the Tradesman's Channel says, I'm not sure if this is the place for it, but I'll have to be... Oh, so this will be... He wrote, um, I installed new lighting in the shop. It's daylight here. I'm a tool maker, and being as such, I, I usually use simple steels like 1080 to heat treat the forge. Last weekend, I forged just about $2,000 worth of orders complete with heat treating. While cleaning up the steel on my 2x72, I found one full of spiderweb cracks just on one end and i set it aside and the next 10 draw knives had the same thing i quenched way too hot and lost an entire weekend's worth of work i'm back to turning off the lights for heat treatment and i'm now gathering materials to heat treat to build a heat treat oven good times have you ever has that ever happened to you marekko uh yeah i think i was forging a little fuck off knife um like a bench knife or something like that and and uh, after I had it, I, I, you know, I did the forging and the heat treat and everything, and I thought everything was good. Uh, I still have this knife, actually. And it, after letting it cool down and cleaning it up a bit, there were cracks all over the place, and I couldn't figure out what, what could have happened. And that was the only, because I had done it out of the forge, that was the only thing I could think of, that I had allowed it to sit or get to too high of a temperature before quenching it. And uh, the whole thing was just full of cracks. It was yeah. gnarly. I had that happen when I was doing the the Cuban knives back in the day. I was uh, heat treating too hot, and uh, like even twenty five degrees too hot. It was, and I should have mm, been. And then um, it kind of it it I, I you didn't see the spider webs until until you started hand sanding, which was the biggest drag. So you grind them all, oh, and then all Jesus. of a sudden mm. you see you know I had like three of them. Four, I can see them. I have them uh, bolted to the in the shop. Five of them had like out of. 50 out of 40 out of 35 something like that where i had to redo and i couldn't figure it out and that was a scary scary thing because i was like what happens is happens all the time 
that's right. the hardest part about mm. you know being a, getting into the business is like how do you deal with problems as opposed to just like you know crumpling into a ball and being like I'm the worst at this. Right. Mm-hmm. You go from being the best yeah. at this, I'm I'm fucking good at this to I am a fucking piece of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so fast. I think that's any any creative sort of endeavor, I think it's the same, isn't it? You yeah, you either on the biggest high thinking, yeah, I am the man. I don't know. I, am the I don't shit. know anything. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Ugh. I tell you who know their shit, Dharma <laughs> Steel. The guys at dharmasteel.se um, amazing stainless Damascus in some amazing, amazing patterns. Super, super easy to work with. Um, take a look at Dharma Steel Lab on Instagram. You'll see the kind of stuff people are making with it. Always, always special stuff. And we've got a special deal with them. So if you sign up for an account at dharmasteel.se and use Knife Talk on checkout, you'll get 10% off your order. Go take a look at dharmasteel.se. Okay. Should we go back to a couple of questions? Sure. Okay. Um, where are we? Speedster Stoves. All right, lads, looking for advice. Um, in my side gig, I produce quite a bit of aluminium scrap, um, small pieces of sheet of around 0.2 millimeters thick. Um, I want to send this to, I don't want to send this to landfill, so my cunning plan is to recycle the scrap into quench plates. Any advice on how to achieve this? Right, so they're super, super thin, 0.2 millimeters. Um, <clears throat> he's going to need some sort of crucible, I would have thought, and melt it down, surely. Yeah. I, I have no idea. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that would be the you'd have to melt them all down, right? Yeah. There's some YouTube videos on these guys making stuff with like aluminum cans and melting them down. I don't think you need a I don't think you need a lot of heat, do you, for aluminum? Yeah, I don't think what? so. But it, it's tricky handling that stuff because it's, it's liquid metal, and that's not going to feel good if it gets on you or if it lands on something it's not supposed to and catches the shop on fire. Yeah, if if you were to make quench plates with it, though, you need to make sure that the flats are flat. Like, it has to be, like, super-duper yeah, flat. Yeah. So if you, like... And a quench plate should be... I mean, my, I, I've made... I've used quench plates that are half-inch thick, and it's all right, but it's not as good as, like, three-quarters of an inch to an inch thick plates. Yeah, right. to an inch, yeah. But yeah. the most important thing is the, the faces that touch your steel has to be flat 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 because you have your the whole idea of a quench plate is it's evenly sucking out all the material um at the, the heat. heat i mean my i'm yeah. sorry the the heat all at the same time so if there was like a gap or something like that you wouldn't get an even uh quench so whatever yeah. you do you know yeah it seems like a lot of work for something that's not that expensive to buy well he wants to do um, he wants to do something with that aluminum i don't know what else you can do except for i don't know what the mm. fuck would you do with aluminum scrap i mean how much take it to the recycling yeah. bin have you ever seen those uh god what is it there was this cheese guy knives named... what's that cheese knives you make some aluminum cheese knives? Yeah, well, there are knives with aluminum handles. I was just trying to think of this one company. I think it was called Rigtig was the name of the company. Uh, and they were in business like in the 40s or 50s. It was just one old dude. Um, but I've, you, you know, he would make basically a sand cast or a, uh, of the handle. And then he would basically place the blade in it and then cast the aluminum around it. Um, hmm. so maybe special guards or I don't know, <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it does seem to me to be a lot of work, um, to, you know, 
is it even something you really want to use if you do cast it then you have like you were just saying you have to do a lot of work then at following that to surface it and flatten it out they could be could spacers just... you could use them as spacers yeah like maybe. if they were big if they were you know i had enough as a disc you could probably cut use them as spacers but sure there you go mm. okay very good okay. feature Let's tell everybody about KnifePrint. Um, KnifePrint is an amazing service. Um, if you ever wanted to do any sort of CAD design, always been a bit scared um, because you're put off by well the price of licensing like big expensive software or just see that entry point of how do you start, KnifePrint.com is the place to go to. Um, super, super simple way to design knives. They've got special CAD tools specific for knife making. Um, so you can design that knife. You can hit a render button and it'll show you exactly what it looks like in 3D. You can spin it around and make it look all fancy. Um, but then you can press a print button and they'll cut it out for you. They'll either laser jet it or water jet, jet it for you and um, they'll send it by the post. Um, Knifeprint.com. Go take a look. Really great education center on it as well. So if you don't know what you're doing, they'll talk you right through the process. Super, super simple. Go take a look. Knifeprint.com. Okay, let's have a look. Simple works. Who wants to take that one? I uh, want to take this one from Corey Eck. Do okay. it. Okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Missed yeah, one. No yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Corey Eck says, Got a question for you, fine gentlemen. I was on a knife maker's website and he, and he was. Wait, what? I was on I, a knife maker's He said the guy's name and I took oh, the guy's okay. name out. He was on a specific knife maker's website right. and he was saying. Carbon steel is absolutely not to be used for culinary knives, and only stainless should be. I'd like to hear your opinion on the matter. Thanks for the entertainment, enthusiasm, and knowledge you share with us all every week. Keep up the great work. Guy seems like um, a hot take machine, huh? Yeah. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what do you guys um, think about carbon steel I mean, for culinary knives? First... Steel, not steel for culinary knives is carbon steel. Yeah, <laughs> it's like sure. it's like the oldest shit in the world. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carbon steel has been used for culinary knives, and oh, really, it's stainless. What is it? I think it was in the forties or something like that when the first stainless alloy uh, was used. Mm. And and whether or not it was actually a f- good for any kind of cutting tool, it, it, who even fucking knows? Um, yeah, but. Yeah, I th- but if you want a knife that needs to be regularly sharpened, um, carbon steel will certainly beat a stainless steel knife for that. Far easier to sharpen. Um, yeah, I mean the first knives that I made were carbon steel, and I'd say, hmm, well less, less and less now. But when I was doing sort of one-off jobs, I'd say it was about fifty-fifty. People wanting carbon steel or stainless sure. steel. Um, it's less now because I'm doing sort of bigger sort of restaurant stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean clearly this guy personally doesn't like carbon steel so he's come up with this big story of they should never be used for culinary knives yeah. it is it is amazing how people how they kind of wrap themselves around a statement it's just like sure do who mm. care i mean if you want to use if somebody wants to, uh, personally i mean we probably do i'd say 97 percent stainless steel i i like stainless steel but i don't i'm not going to tell you can have whatever you want i mean you know i don't really you know you should be comfortable with what you have and a lot of people only use carbon. I know people say, I'm a carbon steel person. I only use carbon steel. Okay, great. God bless you. I'm not yeah. going to tell you. Hmm. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. That's for sure. That's sure. not the horse yeah. I want to. Never mind. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> horse I want to die on. I don't know why I fucking. I think it's the mountain you want to. Horse you want to back. Yeah, right. 
I, I the only thing I could imagine is, that has this guy being so kind of absolutist about this is that because carbon steel, you know, corrodes much easier than the stainless steel knife. Um, stainless steel will still corrode if not properly taken care of. That's why it's called stainless, not stain impervious, right? And so, I think there's a brand name for you: stain impervious. Stain impervious. <laughs> um, I think. You know, it's like telling people they shouldn't cook with cast iron because it might rust. Like, the reason it might rust is because you're a fucking idiot and you're not taking care of it. And it's the same. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Basically, it's the same thing with carbon steel. And so it sounds like that guy's just fucking lazy and he's had problems with carbon steel in the past. And so he doesn't want to use it anymore. But the reality is that carbon steel is very, very easy to take care of. But you have to take care of it like you would take care of your, your cast iron pan. Right. You have to have kind of a relationship around it. And you can even create a ri- ritual around cleaning it. But honestly, like, it takes a minute to clean a carbon steel knife and then put it away. I, d- I don't know what the problem is for so many people who are just like, ah, I hate carbon steel because it rusts. And it's like, you hate it because you're lazy well, here's, is what the problem is. Here's the also. Let's not, let's not, we need to like globalize these, this situation. There are people who are vegans. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're unreasonable too. You know, be honest oh, yeah, with you. Sure. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, I know some real unreasonable vegans, and they are ridiculous. And they they're, they're, they say some things that are crazy. I don't. You can't eat white sugar because it's with with the bones of animals. And the the, 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 the <laughs> no, that's why you know veganism. You don't eat white sugar because they that bleaching is with like with bones of animals. And they don't they don't fuck with that. that. They don't fuck with that white sugar. <laughs> fuck with that white sugar. And they don't fuck with the honey because the bees are being, you know, oppressed or something. Milking the bees. You can't be milking them bees, you know? <laughs> so I mean, well, vegans are unreasonable too. This guy's obviously a knife vegan. You know, you know, he's unreasonable. <laughs> oh, he's a knife caring. He's a vegan. He's a knife vegan. He's he don't he don't believe in that. He believes in absolutes, you know? Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. I mean, fine. I, I I usually when somebody says something like that, they're either trying to be crazy or they're or they don't know. They, they need attention, or or they're not old enough to be like, it's all right. You have whatever you want. You want to, you know, you want an aluminum knife. Mm. Have at it. You know. Well, they they've heard somebody say something similar, and they've just taken to the extreme. It's mm. be, yeah. I don't understand why people have to like make these absolutes all the time. It's just like. Yeah, just seems just you're just looking for problems, but you know it's the world we live in, everything's binary, yes or no. There's no in between. Right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let me tell you about somewhere, <laughs> MaritimeKnifeSupply dot com. Um, they've got everything you need. One stop shop for knife makers: steel, belts, handle materials, tools, forges, kilns, and more. They're also the Canadian distributor for combat abrasives. Um, they also sell rhino wet and rhino stick and everything else you need. Go take a look. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Um, also deal on belts, so if you buy 10, you get one free and all that kind of stuff. Go take a look. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Did you know that Maritime Knife Supply is the Canadian distributor of Broadback Ironworks grinders? Really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know. And right now, oh, wow, I mean, okay. well, shit. As this episode airs, the sale will have mis- ended. So sorry, suckers. You might have missed the Blade Show sale. But keep your eyes peeled because there is another Blade Show coming up soon. They'll probably be doing something special for that. But right now, yeah. if you go to BroadbackIronworks.com and you put in Knife Talk 200, you can get $200 off uh, any grinder package, which is the Max, the Premium, or the Mega. And if you put in Knife Talk 100, 
That'll save you 100 on the sharpening system, the surface grinder, and the leather sewing machines. And they have all kinds of new attachments coming out. Actually, Jeff was referencing radius platens earlier. They have a new 36-inch radius platen. They have a new beveling jig. They got all kinds of new stuff coming out all the time. So go check them out. Again, broadbackironworks.com. Look at that. Seamless. Cool. Do more questions? Do you want to? Yeah, if if you guys want to look down the list and pick um, a question that jumps out at you, and um, I'll have a quick look. To okay, um, thirsty work industries. Thirsty work industries. Ah, question for you, gentlemen. Can you take a moment and explain why certain knife steels are more common for certain knife applications? For example, why a 1084 or 15N20, the staple for Mosaic Damascus? Uh, why not use 80CRV2 and 52100? Or why is W2 so typically used in Sanmai instead of D2 or 1075? Really good question. Um, that was Thirsty Work Industries. Yeah, certain certain knife steels are commonly used for certain things. Morocco, why do we always see 1084 and 15N20 used for Damascus, for example? Yeah, so you typically see the 10 series. So it could be 1075, 1080, 1084, 1085, 1095 are typically used with 15 and 20. And that is because they forge in a similar range and move at a similar rate. Um, and they uh, heat treat in a similar range as well. So they play really nicely together. Now, if you put 15 and 20 with, say, uh, I actually, this is, I've done Crew Forge V. Now it's common, there are makers who use Crew Forge V commonly in their Damascus, but um, an example of how it forges differently, the, the I made a sand mine and the Crew Forge V was the edge, uh, and then it was 1080 and 15 and 20 Damascus on the outside. Now it all started as one, regular shaped kind of rectangular bar of steel but as i started to forge it out the crew forge v moves so much slower that the rest of the steel was kind of spilling it was it was like a like if you had a hamburger and you just instead of taking nice gentle bites you just smash down and everything squished out the back right so that that soft or not the softer steel but the 1080 and the 15 and 20 cladding was moving way faster than the crew forge v um and so it doesn't and uh yeah so it, it's difficult to work with when it comes to forging um especially if you're using it for an edge material uh and it also i think it also depends like i'm using i was using a forging press and that will play also a role in how that material moves um but also it, it another element i was just talking about it was like uh the heat treating quality so you don't necessarily want to use like 15 and 20 um with 5200 because they don't really you can kind of heat treat them in the similar range but really you would want to heat treat for one over the other because they are uh different enough um and then when it comes to w2 he says sanmai but i'm guessing that he actually means for hormones and to real quick hormone is when you heat treat some steel so that portion of the blade typically along the spine is soft uh while the edge stays tough it's a technique and tradition that comes from japanese knife and sword making um and so w2 is typically used because it has is a shallower hardening steel so that means it you have to get it from the austenitic temperature of like 1475 to below 900 degrees in about one second um to to nail the heat treat um which is really tricky to do and that's why you want to use uh 
a faster quenching oil like a fit of like a parks 50 or something like that you wouldn't want to use canola oil or um or uh triple a or other heat uh, quenching oils you you would need a faster oil because you'd need that seal to come down faster um d2 doesn't do that 1075 possibly could do that uh, which are some of the other steels that he's asking about in that same question um but especially d2 d2 has a high chromium content and part of the uh, idea of adding chrome to steels like 5200 adcr uh, v2 crew forge v all have chrome in them um as well as the d2 and that helps actually make it a deepener hardening steel so you have a much larger window to get that the blade down below that temp that uh kind of like that austin or the hardening nose um the perlite nose and so instead of having just one second you have like fucking 20 or 30 seconds to get it down below you have lots of time lots and lots of time um and so but part of the reason that w2 gets that home that really nice hormone is because you typically when you paint on the clay along the spine that portion of the steel is kind of uh insulated from any kind of oil or quenchant that you might be using um and so the exposed steel which is along the edge quenches faster within that ideal range that time time span versus the spine material and because the spine material doesn't it transforms into a different structure it doesn't transform into martensite transforms into perlite um and other kind of mixtures of various structures um in uh, on the blade in the steel so what do you think what do you think jeff so craig in in summation what what are you saying (laughs) <laughs> just because <laughs> so uh, I've, got, I've got two four-year-olds so i say i say this a lot these days just because just because <laughs> or you could say mind your business <laughs> mind your yeah. business yeah yeah none of your fucking business <laughs> my my favorite is actually to throw it back at them i'll say well, yeah. why do you think and then they yeah. have to stop and yeah, think yeah, about yeah. it and then while they're thinking about it, I can go on with whatever I was oh, already doing. The old, the old, yeah. that's, that's the old ask, answer question of the question. Yeah, exactly. Go. Yeah. Right. Let's call it a day. Let's call it a day. Um, thank you all for listening. We shall speak to you again uh, next Monday, where we have something very special oh, to announce. teasing this fucker out completely. Stay huh? tuned. <laughs> ah, there Oof. we go. I apologize. I've been in a weird mood today. Real weird mood. Me too. Me, yeah, it's, it brightened me up. Uh, yeah, all of a sudden I'm laughing. That's so good. it's. I got yeah, to. Uh, it's done the job. I got to. Uh, while Mareka, while you were talking, I I uh, I got to reject. <laughs> I got to reject a uh, uh, ask an, a big ask. Somebody was asking me to oh, nice. help someone, and I had to reject them. So, hmm. you heartless yep. bastard! Yep. <laughs> yep, rejection. Rejection is a is a tough pill to swallow. Have you guys been watching anything yeah. lately? Um, yeah, Ted Lasso's back. Oh, I hear oh, it's nice. good. Um, um, well, the first two seasons were brilliant. Uh, the, this first episode that I saw the other day, it wasn't wasn't the best. Maybe I was just in a bad mood. I don't know. But um, yeah, um, what else have you been watching? Um, something called Marcella, which you probably don't get in in the US. It's like a British cop drama kind of thing, which is good. Um, that's pretty much it, really. Have you yeah. been watching been... anything, Mareko? Yeah, I've been watching Last Kingdom with my wife. Um, it's like a Viking kind of 
show and we're on the fourth season of five we're almost done with it um we are excited though to see uh the new ted lasso and hmm. i'm trying to think what else we got coming up oh we we watched the shadow and bone series on netflix that was kind of interesting it's kind of like a magical world um i don't know how to describe it but anyways it's cool um but yeah that's hmm. what we've been watching i what finally have something hmm. to uh to suggest i uh oh. my friend Bree pettis we talk about him all the time i talk about him all the time uh he's the uh, owner of bantam tools he was the basically the they did a documentary on the 3d printing game in the 2000s and he he's the guy from makerbot yeah, he, he created makerbot, makerbot yeah. and which is like which was the first commer- well consumer grade 3d printer and I so this yeah. this documentary is called print the legend and brie is he, I mean, it's a very interesting documentary about like these three D printer companies and stuff like that, and and I just interviewed him on full blast, and he and I are going to do something together pretty soon, which is pretty cool. So that that's definitely interesting to watch, especially considering you know, now three D printers are like everyone's got a three D printer, sure. except for me, and except for you know, other than that, uh, there's one there's one for thirty dollars on Amazon at the moment, a three D printer. It's crazy. Even if you've never used it, it's worth getting one just to sort of try and understand how they work and, you yeah. know. I mean, I, I'm interested in them. I, I do. Li- yeah. And I think especially with kids as well. The, yeah, it's great because you can, you know, make little little shitty little things for them. But <laughs> for them to, no, but for them to sort of understand how what it is and how it works, right. I think it's, it's quite cool. Well, he had I, some, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I was, was going to say he had some really, it's really interesting, his perspective. If you watch the, 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 the documentary was very, like, I think you, I think uh, years ago you said to me that it wasn't, you or somebody told me it wasn't very flattering towards Brie. And I, I, it just seemed like the people they were interviewing were very, these petty assholes. And it just seemed like, it just seemed like, it just seemed ridiculous that these, these people were just bitching about the workplace. You know, it's like. Hmm. lame but it, i i thought it was really interesting and he's a he's a he's a really cool guy but it's interesting because now he go he went from 3d printing which is you know you're adding material to now he has a desktop hmm. cnc company where you're taking away material hmm. which is kind of additive to reductive yeah it's kind of neat yeah. we talked about that for a while we last week you were talking about the chris rock uh, yes special outrage i did watch that what do you think uh i thought it was good it was very funny um i while i was cleaning out the razor clams last night i was watching that and then i followed that with a like a documentary about um desmond tutu and his relationship like his friendship with uh the dalai lama huh. uh and it's called mission joy um which was actually pretty good and, and interesting to learn about some of the history of those guys and about apartheid and and uh and mm. uh and the dalai lama because there's there's stuff I vaguely am familiar with, but I don't really know, and I felt like I was learning a lot of interesting things. And uh, yeah, it was good. What did you think of Chris Rock? Or what he said about uh, Will Smith? I thought it was great. It was funny. Know. He 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 beat the brakes off him. It wasn't. I mean, it was like more <laughs> of like a beating than it was a joking. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought. I don't know. I uh, I, I thought it was very funny. Uh, I thought it was good and and accurate and. I think he, I think it was like you said last week. I think it was good that he held on to it for so long, so that he could mm. do this special. Um, and I don't know if that's originally his, like, was his idea around doing it uh, or not really speaking about all that. Um, but it was, it was good. It's definitely worth watching. It's funny. 
I, yeah. I, one thing, and just only for the time, uh, the timing of it all is the World Baseball Classic is over. It's uh, this. It was an awesome experience because it was all these different countries playing in a baseball tournament, and mm-hmm. there was Japan who won the whole thing, the United States, and and uh, all these Latin American countries, and then the biggest joke of them all was the uniforms of Great Britain. Did you hear about those, Craig? The uniforms of Great Britain. They just took the font from, like, Microsoft Word and put Great Britain on a fucking shirt. And they were beating the (laughs) brakes off of of the Great Britain team because the shirts were so bad. It was like like Microsoft Word (laughs) font. Baseball. It was like it was like unbelievable. But the cool thing was the probably the most and I didn't get to I didn't get to watch it because I don't have that channel. But the most amazing part was, and this is why baseball is so great. So the American team was a lot of Americans, and then a lot of Amer- a major league baseball players were playing for the. <laughs> am I wrong? It's like oh a bad fun, God. right? That's hilarious. So so I mean. Great Britain got you know shit canned right off the bat. I mean, they, I mean, but the only part was they got embarrassed because they were just like, "What kind of fucking shirt is that?" It's like it's like terrible. But the amazing thing is, at the end, one of the, the great the, there's a team in the United, there's a team in, in called the the uh, the Angels in in California, and there's two guys on the team there's who are amazing. One is Shohei Otani, who is a Japanese phenom. He he's considered one of the best ball baseball baseball players because he's an incredible pitcher and he's an incredible hitter. It's like a unicorn situation where you don't mm. get them both. And then Mike Trout, who's also awesome. So the last out of the last inning of the last game for the championship was uh, Shohei Otani was pitching against Mike Trout. They're teammates on the Angels, but in for the World Baseball Classic, Shohei Otani's for Japan, Mike Trout's for for uh, for the United States, and he struck Mike Trout out, and it was this monstrous, dramatic thing because these guys are going to play together this season. And it was just kind of a neat. It was just one of the things about baseball. Everyone was like trying to build a dramatic drama up about these two teammates are going to be. You know, this is the last it. This is it for the, all the marbles. Is these two teammates against each other? So, hmm. all right, that went well. <laughs> yeah, baseball talk. Oh. Okay, I've just I've just seen that that uh, shirt. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. That's hilarious. Even the spacing between <laughs> yeah. the letters is just what. Yeah. But uh. Oh. What else? That's it. Oh, my kid playing fucking football. My kid, my kid made the varsity football team. She decided in the in the late in the late winter that she wanted to play varsity, so she joined the track team to get in shape for varsity football. She, she watched a couple YouTube videos on how to be a center. She she made two made through two cuts, and now she's the starting center on this goddamn football team. And we went to a game last night, and we had a fucking blast, and they destroyed. They were awesome. So my kid's a jock. What can you do? What can you do? Nice. There you go. <laughs> right, okay. Let's call it a day. Um, we shall speak to you all again next week with our big, big news. Bye for now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. 
like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.